Welcome to Stars, Stones, and Stories. I am your host, Rama, and together we are weaving ancient future wisdom as we birth the new earth. If you are into astrology, cosmology, living mythology, earth-based spirituality, kundalini technology, and ancestral healing, you are home. If you stumbled upon this podcast and are new to these topics, this is Sovereign Sanctuary to expand and deepen your wisdom. As a cosmic priestess, I witness many at the threshold of great transformation. I specialize in astrological divination, sacred site activations, and priestess arts for the Aquarian Age. You may learn more about my work at ramatribe.com or follow Rama Tribe on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and support the work at patreon.com backslash Rama Tribe. This community is your opportunity to claim your story, your unique identity and power, knowing that you are the hero of your own journey. You are a hologram for the collective and you matter. The world needs your gifts and creativity now more than ever. Crystallize your medicine. In episode three, we will explore the overarching astrology of 2020, how we are birthing a cultural renaissance amidst the collapse of the world as we have known it. Looking back, across time and space to some specific places along the timeline where events have occurred through different astrological transits that were also seen in the year of 2020. We'll also explore the concept of the system and how each one of us and how humanity at large is being shaken awake, as well as what you can do in these times, and how you may be of assistance in dissolving oppression. Ancestors, 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 we call to you, we call to you, we call to you. We're so grateful for your lives, and we know we cannot do this alone. We cannot do this without you. So we welcome you. We welcome your backing and your genius solutions to pour forth like sweet ambrosial nectar from the other world. Thank you, ancestors. Thank you for your gifts, your trials. Thank you for providing the shoulders upon that which we stand upon. Thank you for your support, seen and unseen in these times. 
And we welcome in the powers and spirits of the East, the element of air, the powers and spirits of the South, the element of fire, the powers and spirits of the West, the element of water, the powers and spirits of the North, the element of earth. We welcome all of the directions and all of the keepers of the directions. We ground into Mother Earth and from this anchored space where we are connected and fully immersed in our sense of belonging, we gaze up into the cosmos and we welcome in all the planetary beings, the luminaries, all the goddess and god asteroids, our starseed nations, and our guides and our guardians of the holiest and highest calibers to walk with us in the sacred journey of life. I'm recording this episode for you on June 4th, Thursday, Jupiter Day at 8.54 p.m. The moon is in Sagittarius. While I'm thinking about it, if you are enjoying this podcast, please go on to iTunes, give me a thumbs up, a review, spread the word, spread the word, because this is like a newborn baby and it needs our love and our attention and it takes a community to make a podcast really grow. So I thank you so much in advance for any ways you can help spread the word. And if you haven't listened to episodes one and two, in episode two, we go into depth into the eclipse season of the spring and summer of 2020. And in episode one, I spoke at length about Venus and Venus's retrograde. So if those are topics that you're interested in, I would invite you to listen to them. I find um, as I'm creating these podcasts, they're definitely, um, you know, there's a specific cultural lens that's being applied in the current astrology that we're facing. And there's, there's also a timelessness there's that particular element of timelessness being offered so that you can enjoy them at any point. And today, uh, Venus in her retrograde, she's about halfway through her retrograde phase, she conjunct the sun. They conjunct at about 14 degrees Gemini, which opposes the great attractor at about 14 degrees Sagittarius. And the great attractor is this magnetic vortex of great, great potential. It's like this giant womb. Basically, with Venus being retrograde and conjunct the sun, there's a lot of potential right now for bending of reality. 
And it's real important that as we move through all of the transits of 2020, we find a way to stay in our truth, to stay in our authenticity, to stay in the high heart. We're going to be consistently tested on those opportunities. And so if it feels like you're getting slammed, you know, wave after wave, well, one, you probably are. And two, it's not that you're being punished. It's just a continual opportunity to really stay in the truth and to stay in your heart. And that's part of what makes eclipse season and the astrology of 2020 as a whole and this retrograde season all so intense is that it is wave after wave after wave. And it's like we're we're all running this marathon. The concept for episode three came through. It was it was about a month ago and I knew that that the main title would be around cultural renaissance because that's based off of a talk I gave last October entitled Cultural Renaissance and the Astrology of 2020. And I've I've since then modified and added on and shifted the talk and, and deepened it in ways. And so I'm going to be sharing that with you. But I also knew that there was part of the subtitle was Collapse of the World as We've Known It. And in the last 10 days, things have gotten even more intense, particularly in the United States with the murder of George Floyd. I think there's a deepening of awareness around oppression, around white privilege, and all of these topics that um, we, we deal with on a daily basis in the United States. However, because of our economy, because of how consumer-driven we are, there's definitely a way where um, many people can be numb to what is at hand and can easily pretend that nothing is actually happening, although there's a lot happening below the surface. For some people, they're, they're a little shocked at the racial divide and the oppression that is, is so blatant. Our brothers and sisters who are people of color, they've been dealing with this their whole lives. What might be new because you have the privilege of not facing these matters is something that one who is a person of color has to deal with from birth. And our racial inequality in the United States and throughout the earth is one aspect of many, many topics that are being revealed in this retrograde season and in the eclipse season and in the astrology of 2020. And so as I'm recording this, um, we're getting ready for the first of three eclipses this summer. And the first one is a Sagittarius full moon eclipse opposing the sun in Gemini. And it's the first eclipse to open up the Sagittarius Gemini nodal axis. And I spoke about this in depth in episode two. So I highly encourage you take a listen to episode two. Eclipses are all about what is being closed out and what is coming in. And right now there's there's a lot that is getting shaken loose for each person on the planet. This Sagittarius full moon lunar eclipse that comes in on June 5th has been making a, a very strong reveal 
I would say since last Friday is it's been um, very strong. And sometimes with this eclipse energy, we feel it even stronger before the actual eclipse occurs. And of course, this is all going to vary on your chart and how things are laid out and, you know, how the, the eclipses are actually affecting you. For me, I mean, the North Node is directly on my sun and Venus has been retrograde. Uh, she, she stationed retrograde on my natal Venus. So it's just been a really, really potent time for me personally. And I just went through a major move last Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And so I've been a little quiet on social media and just really pulling back and, and getting anchored into my new home and taking care of my physical body and my emotional body and my spiritual body and my psycho mental body. And I speak to this because the astrology of 2020 is is so potent. It is literally like running a marathon. And sometimes we have to pull back a little bit and we have to do some deeper self-care and we have to go in to our cave-like spaces and become quiet. And that doesn't mean we're not engaged, we're not doing our part. Sometimes that is part of our engagement is to really nourish and take care of ourselves. I wish to just state that into this episode because I feel like some of you need to hear that and you need to know that you know it's like when you're on the airplane and they say put your oxygen mask on first before you assist a child or someone who needs your help and these are times where the astrology is not letting up it's going to get more intense and we're going to talk about 2020 at large in in a few moments we'll dive into that with the murder of George Floyd it, it has brought up a lot of racial oppression to the surface for our sisters and brothers of color these are facts these are ways of life that they have known since birth and for those who are born with with white privilege. Sometimes it takes moments like this, unfortunately, for the wool to be pulled off of the eyes. What is happening on the planet with COVID and and with what is being revealed racially and in the systems of oppression and and it's it's very much like a boil where where the toxins, the pus, forgive me if if you're very sensitive, but metaphors work well for our psyches. You have to draw the toxins and the pus up to the surface. You can't just go in and mess with a boil. And boils hurt really, really bad. I don't know if you've had one. I actually have not. But my child has had many boils from a young age. I've learned how to take care of them through taking care of her and I've witnessed how painful they are. This metaphor of the boil is very much what is happening on the planet right now. We are closing out so many layers of cycles of oppression that there is a lot that has to be drawn out to the surface. You can't just close it out and move on like that. Like There are things that 
need to be witnessed to realize, be realized that have to be integrated. I would like to take a moment as I'm recording this and I'm talking about this boil. This is like the pus of patriarchy, the spaces and the places where, where we have all been victim, where we have all been a tyrant, where we have all been a part of the system, whether we wanted to be or not. They are being drawn out right now very systematically with the support of the other world, with the support of the ancestors. Your ancestors are backing you because you're here and you're listening now and you wouldn't be listening if you didn't have that backing. And they're here with all of us and they're here to support us in these times. And I know how isolating it can feel on the earth right now. And it's important that each one of us knows that one, we're never alone. And two, you are needed now more than ever. Your particular medicine is so needed. And I know there's a lot of you grieving right now. I know there's a lot of you going through major depression. I know. I know because you come and you speak to me and you share these stories with me. And so I want to witness you. And I also want to say it's okay. You know, it's okay to feel what you're feeling. And it's important to feel what you're feeling. There's been so much grief over the past 10 days coming up to the surface. It's been heavy. And it very well could feel like this through the end of July. I know it's uncomfortable. I know it's not easy. However, these are the times we lean against our allies. We turn to the other world. We turn to our ancestors. We turn to the plant spirits that assist us. Oat straw is so beautiful in these times. Nettle, rose, lavender, tulsi, holy basil. And we turn to the stone allies, carnelian for grief and hematite for grounding and rose quartz for our heart. So calm that racing feeling in the heart. And we place our bare hands and our bare feet on Mother Earth to ground, to anchor. And we find ways to give gratitude as well. Because it's so easy to focus on what's not working. But I guarantee you there are so many more people suffering on the planet right now. And there are spaces, there are places where you have so much abundance. You have so much available to you. So every time you're in a struggle, find that, find those places, those spaces that you can offer gratitude. The Sagittarius full moon, in addition to being a most potent eclipse, opening up the Sagittarius Gemini eclipse access that the nodes of fate went in May of 2020, and this is our first eclipse. And then later on in June and in July, we have a Cancer new moon and then a Capricorn full moon eclipse. And we will, after that, have officially closed out the Cancer Capricorn access. That's major. Right now, it's like we're in the seesaw of 
the North Node has been focused around our security, our sense of home, our ability to bring that with us everywhere we go, and really dissolving and letting go of the fears and healing the ancestral line. And now we're shifting with the Sagittarius South Node and the Gemini North Nodal access where we're shifting into a space of where are the old beliefs? Where are the old paradigms? Where has, where have the parts of religion and politics and spirituality and our own values that are just outdated? Like where, where are they holding us back? Like where do they need to be dissolved and let go? And where do we need to innovate and call in the new concepts and the new ideas and to be in community and to honor the light in the dark in our communities to know that that's part of the sacred dance. For Tibetan Buddhists, this time is known as Saka Dawa, and I'm, I might be pronouncing this incorrectly, so please forgive me. I, I learned this in my graduate program from a woman who is a Tibetan Buddhist and has lived and studied in Tibet quite a bit. Dawa is is the word for month in Tibetan, and Saka comes from Tibetan astrology, referring to the Saka star, which is associated with the full moon of the fourth lunar month. So Saka Dawa takes place over the fourth Tibetan lunar month. It's most auspicious day being the 15th day of the month, which is the full moon. And for us, that's the 5th of June this year. So this eclipse that's coming in on this Venus day, this Friday, June 5th, uh, for the Tibetan astrologers, they say that during this time, the positive effects of all spiritual practices are amplified, particularly on the day of the Saka, the full moon. So I really invite you to dive into your practice on this eclipse and to allow it to be a platform of power, to know that you are sovereign, you are powerful, you are potent. I'm in the midst of writing an essay about Plutarch for my graduate program, and it feels so surreal to be writing about Plutarch while having just moved and people are out in the streets protesting. And here in Asheville, we have a curfew and there were 150 um, military personnel with assault rifles downtown I mean, it's life is very surreal. And here I am, like deciphering what Plutarch said about divination. In that research, I found this really interesting passage. It, it comes from Isis and Osiris. He's talking about eclipses. And he says, For the moon suffers eclipse only when she is full with the sun directly opposite to her, and she falls into the shadow of the earth, as they say Osiris fell into his coffin. Then again, the moon herself obscures the sun and causes solar eclipses. However, she does not completely annihilate the sun, and likewise, Isis did not annihilate Typhoon. He says Typhoon. Typhoon is set. This is the way the layers come together, the weavings of the web come together. This year of 2020, it is a cultural renaissance. 
it feels like things are collapsing because they are. (laughs) Timelines are collapsing. Our sense of time is shifting. If you have any interest in quantum theory, quantum reality, the Mandela effect, the butterfly effect, I highly recommend do some reading, do some research, see where you're led during these times. We have so many layers shifting. And um, I was really happy to see this meme pop up when I briefly w- went on social media. And it it is so much about this metaphor of the boil coming up to the surface to be cleared. Someone had created this meme that talked about um, how when Saturn was in Aquarius, there were the Rodney King riots. When Pluto was in Capricorn, we had the American Revolution. And then when Neptune was last in Pisces was when Rome fell. We are in the midst of change, 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 radical change, as one of my mentors, Elder Maladoma Sume would say. He would say radical change. I can I can just hear him in that. Yes, it is a time of radical change. The executive director of the Asheville Art Museum, she wrote to the museum members and and friends, and she said, you know, thank you so much for your calls, for checking in on us and offering your support and assistance. And she said, as you likely know, the museum was vandalized last night, June 1st, 2020, and it happened between 11.30 p.m. and 12.30 a.m., And so she talks about how they spent the day removing the graffiti from the sculpture on the plaza, Henry Richardson's Reflections on Unity. She said, we were successful and you will be pleased to see the work in excellent condition when you return downtown. As we wait for proper conservation guidance on how to safely clean spray paint from the historic North Wing's marble and the West Wing's glass wall, we've been grateful for the encouraging words of members of this community, many of whom have been downtown all day pitching in wherever they find a need. She goes on to say, we support the message of the protesters. We firmly believe that free speech is essential. Artists often create work that helps us address hard issues and to understand one another in new ways. The museum provides opportunities for important dialogue prompted by their endeavors. Richardson's work and others on view in our many become one exhibition were chosen to allow us to engage with each other in just such conversations. I I thought that was really beautiful, that it was beautiful and it was brave. I've received some other messages and found out that a local restaurant chain in Asheville called Green Sage took down a Black Lives Matter poster because they said that they have to represent their whole customer basis and that they didn't want to offend anyone with a Black Lives Matter poster. And it's interesting, right? Because it's like, oh, are you saying you don't want to offend like someone who's a who's a racist or white supremacist? Because are you actually okay like catering and and yeah we we want to honor free speech and we want to help and and honor everyone but we're at a time where we we have to start to draw the line on on our values and what we stand for and as people who have privilege which means you know if you've got a business you've got a storefront you've got a form of privilege how are you going to exercise it 
How are you going to share your voice, share your truth? Here we are in the astrology of 2020. We have major transits happening this year. And in 2020, some of the overarching transits we're facing are Jupiter and Capricorn, the Saturn-Pluto conjunction all in Capricorn, Jupiter-Pluto conjunction in Capricorn, Mars being in its home sign of Aries, which will take effect later on in June. And later on in the year, Mars will be going retrograde. And in the midst of this recording, we are in the Venus retrograde in Gemini. Those are powerful times. With Saturn, Jupiter, and Pluto meeting up in the sign of Capricorn, this is a particular gathering that reoccurs through time and space. And whenever it happens, as astrologers, we know that there's a major restructuring of reality. Capricorn builds our reality. Capricorn is concerned with our finances. It is like we could say on some level, like the CEO of the Zodiac. We have these powerhouse planets, Pluto, Saturn, Jupiter, coming in to restructure the reality under the sign of Capricorn, which means that there can be a lot of dismantling. There's a lot of shedding. The structures that have been in place that are no longer serving the greater whole are the ones that really will be shaken up the most. And in 2020, I mean, it's June, six months in, many people feel like they've already lived a decade and that a huge part of that has been this frequency of Saturn and Pluto and Jupiter all in Capricorn. Saturn is this planet of self-mastery. Jupiter is how we take care of ourselves and our planet. And Pluto is like the deepest level of shift that we need to go through. It is like literally walking through the dark. We could say it's like going through the eye of the needle. And you have to imagine you're holding a super, super tiny needle and a pretty big thread and you're trying to get it in and it's challenging. On top of that, with with Venus and Mars doing their work, going retrograde, we have this essence of the divine feminine and the divine masculine being called to the high heart, being called to a higher octave of consciousness, of way of showing up. Venus in Gemini, she's retrograde right now. And I spoke at length about that in episode one, but so much of that is about the shadow dance, honoring the light and the dark. And Mars, just after Venus comes out of her retrograde, Mars goes into his home sign of Aries, that's that divine masculine energy going into its home placement. Venus is how we love, what we value, how we show up in relationships, how we spend our money. And Mars is all about primal energy, how we take action in the world, our instinctual nature. Mars rules 
Aries in contemporary astrology and also traditional astrologers apply Mars also to the sign of Scorpio. And Mars being about instinct and will is so much about our force, our drive over the divine spirit. We can think of like the archetype of the warrior, the athlete, the hunter, the daredevil. With Mars energy, the material is more important than the spiritual. Willpower is everything because Mars is all about the lower will, the vitality of the body, our energy, our instinct, how we master our energy, how we direct it. And Mars, as I mentioned, will go into Aries at the end of June and then will go retrograde in September. And Mars is going to be squaring all of these Capricorn points, which will definitely bring the situations at hand to more of a culmination point, um, increasing our intensity of, of the way we're experiencing the cycles. And if you're interested in learning more about this Mars energy in episode five, I will go in depth, um, in an episode that is all about the resurrection of the kings. We need more men showing up in that anchored divine masculine space and really taking a stand. And Eris is also squaring these Capricorn points. She's in Aries and she's this asteroid goddess that is all about really bringing the shadow to the light, calling things out as they are. She is all about chaos. She does not care if the way that she brings things to light is intense. She's going to do it no matter what. And so we're working with not only Mars and Aries energy throughout 2020, but Eris in Aries, and she's been in Aries our entire lives. However, she's squaring this Jupiter energy, this Saturn energy, this Pluto energy, all in Capricorn. And so the square creates a point of tension. You imagine being at a four-way stop or two-way stop and two people are sitting there, no one's going, but they're both looking at each other. And so the square is that crux of when each sees the other, but no one is taking action and it creates this tension. And then someone has to break the ice. Someone has to break the tension to move it out. In addition to Venus, which is all about our values and that which we love and Mars, our will, our instinct. And between those two, we have this divine feminine, this divine masculine frequency. In addition to them, we have these major teaching planets, one being Pluto. Pluto has these, this orbit that's 248 years and entered the sign of Capricorn in 2008. And Plutonic energy is all about irreversible change, metamorphosis, the cycle of transformation. Pluto 
energy takes us from one situation or vibration to the next and can do so through the acceleration of time or space or sexuality. Um, there is a destruction of the old, that which is out, outmoded. And um, the Pluto energy can sometimes be very silent. It can be feel invisible, but it can also feel like this massive eye, this massive pressure. And the Pluto energy wants us to really face the deepest wounds and the fears to avoid being overly rigid or dogmatic or to be power tripping and to focus on that freedom, that ascension of the Kundalini energy from the base of the spine up through the crown of the head, but doing so by being really grounded to the earth. Pluto energy is so much in alignment with the journey of Inanna, the descent of Inanna going through the seven gates. And at each gate, there's an offering, there's a sacrifice. When Pluto comes into our lives, there is a demand that we stand for truth that we are fully anchored in our truth and that we will honor that truth. We will guard that truth. We will protect that truth no matter what. So with Pluto and Capricorn, this energy is all about really looking at the foundations and the structures through this lens of truth, this very giant you could imagine like this whale eye, this magnifying glass, like right up, like really looking. And we've had Saturn in Capricorn since December of 2017. Saturn has a 29 year orbit seen as a primarily like a teaching planet known as Kronos, Lord of the material world, Father Time. And Saturn is all about really teaching humanity about time and space and boundaries, self-respect, honor, structure, how things are built, how things are built here on earth. And Saturn gets such a bad rap in pop astrology. Uh, traditional astrology, Saturn is all like doom and gloom and like, oh, Kronos, like this old, like, crotchety man. And I, I just have such a different relationship with Saturn. I really see Saturn as, I mean, yes, I can see Saturn through those lens. Absolutely. And I also find Saturn teachings to be more like you're sitting before this council of wise grandmothers and these grandmothers have your back and they have your best interest at heart and they want you to succeed. And so they're bringing to you the lessons. They're bringing to you the opportunities that will strengthen you in your journey of self-mastery. So Saturn energy 
can be represented also through sacred geometry and the mineral kingdom. The bones, the joints, the skin, the hair, the knees, the tendons, the teeth. Saturn medicine lives in our bones. This is the stone medicine. It is the medicine of our bones and it bridges the body and the spirit. And the lessons that Saturn brings in are the lessons that bring us to our self-mastery. They are about really coming into maturity, being real, being sober, and we live in Saturn times. The times we are living in in 2020, they are with Pluto, with Saturn, it is about sober truths coming to light. And on top of that, we have Jupiter, the other teaching planet with a 12-year orbit entered Capricorn on December 2nd of 2019. And Jupiter is all about how the soul ascends beyond the material world. It's, it, it is a very jovial, expansive planet of spirituality, bringing in concepts around success and wealth, creativity and growth, this ability to vision, to build new possibilities for the future new opportunities and with too much jupiter energy there can be like this overindulgence this overconfidence this arrogance and the good news in that is that um jupiter and capricorn is a very challenging placement so um we're we're a little less likely as a collective to go into overindulgence with jupiter and capricorn and as Jupiter and Saturn and Pluto are journeying in Capricorn in the year of 2020, there's also this like karmic payout that is happening. So people who have really been like nose to the grindstone, really doing the work, there are opportunities for, you know, windfalls, for um, blessings, for growth for new evolution to come in for just like out of the blue opportunities so um even though this is like a sobering time there still is uh an opportunity to receive wild card abundance as well now this year of 2020 is also unique because we have six eclipses. We had the first on January 10th. We are having our next, our lunar eclipse in Sagittarius on June 5th. The solar eclipse in Cancer on June 21st. A The final lunar eclipse with that Cancer Capricorn access will have a lunar eclipse in Capricorn on July 5th. Then November 30th, a lunar eclipse in Gemini, and December 14th, a total solar eclipse in Sagittarius. So we're building up this year to that total solar eclipse in Sagittarius, that reckoning, that claiming of the high heart of the truth, that which we are seeking. Imagine that pilgrim on the journey. If you've read... Paulo Coelho's The Alchemist. It's like each one of us is the alchemist on our spiritual journey. 
and it's all coming to light around December 14th of 2020. And we're building up to this phenomenal astrology at the end of the year. And so may this, may this build, may you find a way to find the sanctity, even in the challenges, even in the times where you want to give up and you want to run away and you want it all just to stop. May you find a way to find the sanctity of what we are building towards. Because every part of this journey is a opportunity of growth and of shifting. And we are in the midst of time speeding up and a collapse of not only paradigms, but other timelines. And so we're in a place where intense has become the new normal, particularly since 2018. We've been on a string of very intense astrological waves, transits, 2018, 2019, and now we're here in 2020 with this culmination. It is a time of potent transformation. Humanity is not only dissolving old structures, we are building a new and it it is like this radical shift before our eyes. And so some days you witness a lot of death and destruction and you also find these brand new opportunities. And this is why a practice is so important because it's like the earth has slipped out beneath our feet and we're all free falling and your nervous system needs care your body needs health and wealth and tending to. So remember, this is like a marathon. Take care of yourself. So we're in literally in the midst of a cultural renewal. We are experiencing this on a global scale within nations, within our local communities, in our ancestral lives. <laughs> in our familial lives, those relatives that are still alive, and in our personal lives. And I ultimately believe that each one of us on the planet right now is just doing some major, major lifting of the lineage of the ancestral line. And I also believe wholeheartedly that if you're listening to this podcast, you are an ambassador for your lineage. You agreed to come during these times. You knew how intense it was going to be and you made the agreement to show up and you knew earth was going to be a hot spot in the galaxy. And it is. And so this is ultimately a very exciting time to be in body on earth. I know it doesn't feel like that every single day. Trust me, I'm right there with you. There are days where I want to crawl in a hole and just throw some dirt over myself and just sit in a fetal position and breathe and find center and tune everything out. And it's not possible, right? Like we are being called to so much in these times. So the last time Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto were conjunct in Capricorn was in 1894 BCE. That's before Common Era. Um, That was when the ancient city of Babylon was established by Sumu Abum, which grew significantly in six generations. 
By the 6th dynasty, King Hammurabi codified a series of simple rules and regulations inspired by Samash, the sun god, which brought in socioeconomic realities and regulations that were etched in stone, literally etched in stone, and literally have influenced modern law to our current times. So when I talk about dismantling patriarchy, dismantling old current Some of this goes all the way back to 1894 BCE. I mean, we are talking about many years ago, right? And in 1889, there was a flu pandemic. In 1918, the Spanish flu took over the world. And in conjunction with that, radio waves were beginning to wrap around the globe And the whole world began to shift to canned goods. So there was like this natural detox, this viral detox that was happening. Saturn and Pluto were conjunct in 1947. And around that time, there was incident at Roswell. The IMF, the International Monetary Fund, was created. We had the Truman Doctrine. We had the Marshall Plan, the beginning of the Cold War, and India and Pakistan reached independence. In 1957 was the Asian influenza, and radar was introduced. In 1968, we had the Hong Kong flu, and satellites were introduced. And in 1982, we had a Saturn-Pluto conjunction in Libra. And that during that year, Epcot opened. The first CD was sold. The Thriller album, Michael Jackson's Thriller album came out. E.T., the movie, debuted and the late night show began. In 1996, there was the North American flu pandemic. And that was when wireless cellular phone technology was created. When we're looking at the astrology of 2020, I think it's important also to just take a look back to what we've been through in the past decade. First of all, just noticing that um, Pluto went into Capricorn in 2008 and we ha- we were met with a global financial crisis. From 2010 onward, we had a major advancement of the digital age with smartphones and various social media platforms like YouTube, Facebook. Um, in 2010 was the Gulf oil spill, and there was this real like reckoning around the environment and how it was suffering. In 2011, we had more natural disasters occurring in the United States, particularly around flooding of the Mississippi River, and there was also Fukushima in 2011. In 2012, Sandy Hook Uh, and gun violence became a new normal in the United States. In 2013, Edward Snowden leaked highly classified information from the National Security Association, and Black Lives Matter was birthed. In 2015, same-sex marriage was legalized in all states. 
In 2016, Trump was elected, and in 2017, white supremacy rose in the United States. The Me Too movement became unveiled when Jupiter went into Scorpio. We opened up the year with the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, January 12th. This is birthing a new 34-year cycle. And it's important to note that regardless of how you connect to COVID and this virus, that there definitely seems to be some sort of correlation if you look through history and viruses and technology. And we do know that there has been a big push for 5G. There's a lot of electromagnetic pollution out there and That's something important to be considering, especially with fluoride and water, glyphosates in the food supply, and the aluminum in the air through the geoengineering of chemtrails. A major series of conjunctions we go through in 2020 are Jupiter conjunct Pluto and Capricorn. The first one occurred on April 4th, and we had that 444 portal, and a number of you joined up with me live online in honor of that. And that was this really powerful gateway of structure and stability, of really setting and anchoring in this template for the new Earth. On June 30th of 2020, they will both come conjunct again, and they're both retrograde now. So whatever was sort of set into plan, there's now a circling back, a revisement, looking at this concept, what you're building in your personal life, what we're building as a collective. There's a chance to modify. And then on November 12th, they'll have their final conjunction. Both will be direct both in the sign of Capricorn. So there's this ability to go beneath the surface of material circumstances, to go deep into the subconscious awareness, deep into magnification, to make big things really small and small things really big. We want to be aware of this in our personal lives, in our professional lives, We want to be compassionate. We want to be kind because everyone is going through it right now. Everyone. When we look back in history to other times where Jupiter and Pluto came together, where they had conjunctions or oppositions, Johannes Kepler um, made some major discoveries uh, within the field of astronomy and astrology. There was this discovery of the microcosm and what it is. The Big Bang Theory was created, the Hubble Space Telescope, and the actual discovery and exploration of the planet Pluto. So Jupiter-Pluto conjunctions are really important on like a cosmic scale and how we connect in with the cosmos. Something is generated in April, refined in June with this understanding and awareness. And then there's like this deepening of the growth. We want to beware that we are not power tripping, that we're not allowing others to power trip over us. We will see different kinds of economic reform. We will see hidden resources becoming available, secrets coming to light, where there's been fanaticism that will be coming to the light. We will most likely see a collapse of the banking system. Um, Monetary systems are changing. 
there's also this just awareness, this knowingness that materialism is dead, that we are shifting in a radical way deep into community and collaboration from me to we. And as Saturn and Pluto and Jupiter come together in these different ways throughout 2020, it's really the beginning of a new era. This is our cultural renewal, our cultural reset button. Independent financial freedom is what is being asked of each one of us, which means each one of us has to be doing our work to sink or to swim. We have to be willing to take a risk to leave the old paradigm of security, to let go of emotions, and to let go of fear. The acronym F, everything and run. Fear, let it let go, dissolve where you want to just run and instead leap. And as you leap, allow your wings to spread and fly become that butterfly. As we move through the year, we come to the Great Conjunction on December 21st of 2020. And this opens up this major air gate, air being the sign of intelligence and new ideas and concepts. And we see the movement of Saturn going into Aquarius from 2020 till 2023, and then Saturn will move into Pisces from 2023 to 2026. So Saturn is coming to the tail end of a major Saturn cycle. And when that's complete, that's like once we get to 2026, that's a whole new rebirth. However, we're having a massive rebirth with this great conjunction on December 21st of 2020. Right before that, Jupiter and Saturn are aligning with this waxing crescent moon on December 16th, and it's going to be really beautiful. And Juno is also in the mix, and Juno comes into strong focal point in the astrology later in the year. Right now, she's hanging out at about six degrees, seven degrees Libra. And she's this lunar goddess that's all about partnership and marriage and true love and commitment. And she rules over soulmate, twin flame loves. And so many couples have been in separation this year and for some time. And I really feel like a lot of them are going to be in separation and be coming together as we get closer to December of 2020. Juno is a symbol of the mystical union of spiritual consciousness that happens when the ego is transcended, when we become one with all that is. We must become one from within before we can find that unification from beyond. And so that why that is why it's so important we're, we're committed to this process of doing our work. Jupiter and Saturn coming together. It's called the Great Conjunction, and it's a 20-year cycle that allows us to take stock of our lives, both personally and collectively. We've had this conjunction occur in Earth signs since 1921. In 1980, we had them come together in Libra, and then in 2000, it was Taurus. So now we're fully opening up this air chapter. And this is going to be massive, like not just for uh, politics and the economy, it's also going to be massive for the environment. 
we should see a lot more attunement to how to take care of Mother Earth, this we consciousness, how to use technology as a form of enlightenment, how to be committed to this path of global freedom. The air information technology will will really begin to take off at the end of 2020 with energy, travel, aviation, revolution, this ending of coal and fossil fuels. And we're going to see more and more of a focus on humanity, on technology that is built upon genius solutions that is really part of the Aquarian age that is committed to these off-planet kind of concepts that are new wave that like how do you implement technology that doesn't hurt the earth or humans it's possible and it's time that that we're putting our focus into that that we're putting our money and our energy and our talent into that so as we build up to solstice winter solstice on the 21st of december we are coming to this point where we are seeding a new dawn, a new paradigm for humanity to unfold. It is a breakthrough in collective consciousness. It's going to be a major socioeconomic shift with the conjunction as we have Jupiter and Saturn coming together. The two major teaching planets of the planetary archetypes, it's a fusion of innovation with tradition. How do you organize power structures while also being expansive and paying out financially and spiritually. So many astrologers call this the Great Conjunction. It's the beginning of a new 20-year cycle. We will most likely see the fall and the rise of our leadership. There's like this oxymoron that happens between the Jupiter and Saturn energy because Jupiter's warming, it's expansive teaches through prosperity, whereas Saturn is cold. It's all about contraction and teaches about self-mastery through limitations. So they're very different and they're going to feed off of one another and they're going to, Jupiter can magnify the limitations of that Saturn is imposing. But there's also the stimulation of expansive new growth upon the established structures that Saturn has solidified. So this is a major opening into the Aquarian age. Aquarius, this air sign that carries the water, one who has the qualities of truly being egalitarian, of being progressive, of being a cosmic visionary, the inventor, the genius, the avant-garde rebel, being committed to earth community, to world community. The question is, when I open up our episodes, you hear me shaking my sistrum, and the sistrum I work with is I think it's about 600 years old. And when I was doing this reading for my essay on Plutarch, I found this passage. It's so beautiful. I want to share it with you because even if you don't have a sistrum, you can do this with a bell. You can do this with so many different implements. This is what Plutarch said about the sistrum. The sistrum, the rattle, makes it clear that all things in existence need to be shaken or rattled about. 
and never to cease from motion, but as it were to be waked up or woken up, agitated when they grow drowsy and torpid. They say that they avert and repel set by means of the sistrums, indicating thereby that when destruction constricts and checks nature, generation releases and arouses it by means of motion. The upper part of the sistrum is circular, and its circumference contains the four things that are shaken. For that part of the world which undergoes reproduction and destruction is contained underneath the orb of the moon, and all things in it are subjugated to motion and to change through the four elements, fire, earth, water, and air. At the top of the circumference of the sistrum, they construct the figure of a cat with a human face, and at the bottom below, the things that are shaken the face of Isis on one side, and on the other face of Nethys. By these faces, they symbolize birth and death, for these are the changes and movements of the elements. I just love what he said about how things need to be shaken, how they need to be rattled, to be woken up, because it gets, the energy gets agitated, it gets stagnant when things are drowsy. And we as a people have become so drowsy. And the astrology of 2020 is like the sistrum waking us up. In 2020, the astrology is completely all about shaking the foundations awake like the sistrum, shaking the rattle, rattling every human being on the planet awake to a higher purpose, to a higher calling. And that goes for even those of us who have been on a path of conscious evolution. Every single human being on the planet right now has the opportunity to elevate, to step into the higher heart. And Mars is going to be activating so much for us that, as I've mentioned before, I'll be dedicating an entire episode to that because it's just such deep work. However, I just would like to emphasize that we start a new 20-year cycle with the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction on December 21st of 2020. And this is going to be a true rebirth, a true renewal for humanity on a collective level, for each one of us on an individual level. It is a breakthrough moment in collective consciousness. And it's important as we go through the challenges that will present themselves, that will emerge, the tests, the trials, the tribulations that will emerge from June through December, it's important that we remember that what we are doing is we are clearing the boil. We are, we are clearing the infection of humanity. And it's a beautiful opportunity to be alive and to be able to roll up our sleeves and be a part of this rebirth, of this renewal. How you may apply this wisdom directly to your life, what we are experiencing on a global scale within nations and our local communities 
in our familial lives and our personal lives that ultimately what each one of us is doing is the heavy lifting of our ancestral lineages. We are the ambassadors of our lineages who agreed to come during these times. And planet Earth is a hot spot in the galaxy at this time. It's ultimately a very exciting place to be (laughs) in the galaxy. And we're blessed to be here now and to be able to witness this change and to be able to take action during this time of transition. Now is the time that we, the people, learn astrology, which is said to be the language of the Aquarian Age. You can learn this tool as a means to operate in the world at large and as a way to really support your own mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being during these times. When we go back to throughout history to the times of the temples, priests and priestesses used astrology in their sacred work. It was a necessary art and science to know. And we can start also sharing this with our children. We're transitioning from this 3D seeker cycle to the 5D creator cycle of awakening. And in this transformation, we're really stepping into what it means to be a creator on earth. We are moving in this cosmic evolution into the realm of 5D. And this is where quantum physics and quantum reality, the butterfly effect, the Mandela effect, all come into play. We're dissolving the old 3D patterns and awakenings are not all love and light and glittering unicorns. Awakenings can be very intense. They can be very challenging. They can bring up a lot of um, unprocessed experiences and emotions. And so it's important that the self-care piece is ingrained in your daily habits, your daily rituals, as you're going through your own process. One of the reasons why I love the language of astrology is that it helps to soften the blow of the hard times, because when we realize what we are going through is something that is collective versus ourselves in isolation, it helps us remember that we're in this together. Community is a balm for these times, and with social distancing and COVID and these new realities we're living in, we're going to have to find creative ways to come together in community. However, we must stay connected, we must stay together, and to find the places where we can be allies for one another. Mother Earth needs each one of us awakened and empowered in these times. As I spoke to in my last podcast episode, episode two, each one of us is a hologram for the collective and how we show up in our personal lives is everything. This is absolutely a year of really seeing with blinding clarity what is what, (laughs) who is who. And through that 
process to rise up into the heart, the four chambers of the heart, what the Taoists consider a time travel device. This one organ in the body that can literally take you anywhere. And through that connection to your heart, you also have this ability to keep coming home to Mother Earth. This is a year where the concept of death and each one of us coming home to death and claiming death in a whole new way so that wherever the culture has instilled in us a fear around death, we can supersede that and we can come to see death as an ally, death as a teacher, and death as a portal, as a gateway that assists us with transformation in our life, allowing us to really become the butterfly. If you are into Star Wars, in the final episode, episode nine, there was one quote that just really sat with me when I watched that film last winter solstice in 2019. The first order wins by making us think we are alone, but we are not alone. And I think it's important that we remember no matter what, we are not alone in these times. No matter what kind of isolation we might be feeling, we are in this together and we need each other more than ever. My prayer is that in these tumultuous times that each one of us may be a pillar of consciousness to dissolve racism, particularly Of course, to dissolve all the isms, classism, sexism, but namely to dissolve racism, to hold space for difficult conversations and to promote true empathy, to promote safe sanctuaries, and to sharpen our spiritual tools and our healing arts of resilience in these times regardless of the color of your skin, but most specifically if you are classified as white, it's important that each one of us is a good ally in these times, that you are willing to roll up your sleeves and to learn about systemic racism and what it means and how deeply embedded and ingrained it is in our Western culture. Now is the time to read books by people of color. There's so many, and here are just a few of inspiration. Maya Angelou, Audre Lorde, Malcolm X, Asada Shakur, Maladoma, Patrice Somme, James Baldwin, Toni Morrison, Alice Walker, Gita Mehta, Zora Neale Hurston. I encourage you to find solutions and think tanks to be a part of in your local communities. Here in Western North Carolina, we have a wonderful think tank organization called CoThink that is a giving circle for people of color, for brown and black owned businesses. And it's an opportunity to not only invest your your financial backing, but your particular talents and treasures and your time to volunteer your time and to help uplift the local community in Asheville and 
surrounding the area. And so if you're not living in Asheville, North Carolina, I encourage you to do the work in your own community. Find out who the local businesses are that are owned by people of color, particularly women of color led. And educate yourself, form study groups that are focused on radical change, that are focused on racism. Don't ask people of color to educate you. Take the time to educate yourself, to educate your children on their inherent privilege and teach them how they may utilize their privilege to assist and uplift others. There are some great women of color out there that offer educational um, courses on racism, Rachel Cargyle, Nika Carly, and Resma Menakim are just a few of their number of women out there really leading the front lines and Black women who are uplifting, really diving into the systemic racism. So, be willing to do this work. It's not easy. It's not comfortable. However, it's up to each one of us to roll up our sleeves and get in there and do it. This is a time to really think globally, but act locally. So it's been amazing that people all around the world have been protesting to honor George Floyd's life. And, um, protests are great. I I used to absolutely find that as my medium for many years. And I would also like to encourage you to be very safe where you choose to protest, to be careful of curfews, um, and to be really cautious around putting your body on the line around tear gas or other implements because there is a possibility that COVID-19 could be emitted in the tear gas. So please protect yourselves. And that's why I would encourage you to do the work in your local communities in other ways that are going to be long-term sustainable, that are really going to support your actual community where your voice can actually have an impact. Call upon your team. Call upon your healing team, your ancestors. Call upon your guides and your guardians. If you are someone who works with the angels, call upon the angels, the archangels for protection. Be in your authentic self. Be in your truth. Be willing to come together knowing that we're stronger together, that there is a beauty to unity consciousness. And as you do your ancestral healing work, regardless of what ethnicities you claim, every single one of us is connected to the indigenous spirit. No matter where you have come from, where your ancestors have come from, Our lineages all go back to this ancient primal place where we have an indigenous spirit, indigenous soul, very much alive within. It's one of the greatest teachings I've been able to really absorb 
sitting with Elder Maladoma, and it's the crux of his life's work. And so I would invite you to find a way to get in touch with your indigenous ancestors and ask them for support in these times, ask for their backing. It's going to take each one of us really being willing to dive deep within to commit to the process of doing the work of staying grounded to Mother Earth, traveling through the four portals of the heart, drawing down the cosmic consciousness that is available in these times and grounding and anchoring it. However, when we commit in this way, we are limitless. We are so potent and we are so, so powerful. Take a nice, long, deep breath and begin to settle yourself into your space, either being seated or coming to lie down. If you find yourself operating any heavy machinery, place this podcast on pause and come back at another time as we dive deep to create a space of integration from all of the different topics we've explored. And just settle in deeper with some long inhales and exhales. Allow the bones to soften, the muscles to soften any places where you habitually hold tension. Imagine beeswax under the flame of a candle melting. And as you feel this melting sensation, you begin to notice from above your head this otherworldly nectar dripping down, down, down. About six inches to six feet above the crown of your head, you just notice this ambrosial otherworldly nectar coming down and beginning to coat every cell of your body, all of who you are, restoring and renewing your 10 body system. And you become so heavy and so relaxed and you feel completely warm and comfortable and safe here and now. And you begin to bring your awareness to the base of the spine, the palms of the hands, and the soles of the feet. And these red cords of light begin to extend from these places, perhaps intertwined with silver and gold cords of light, creating this double helix DNA spiral that begins to go down through the layers of your building the foundation going into the soil of Mother Earth, Terra Gaia, into the sediment, into the minerals and all the little beings that tend to the soil and the stones of the earth, the bones of the earth, going down, down, down. These cords of light go down and they anchor all the way into the core of Mother Earth to the core of Mother Earth where great-grandmother hematite sits, this lineage stone 
and she is anchoring you, she's protecting you, and you feel that. You feel that protection, you feel that grounding, and through the connection to great-grandmother Hematite, you are completely grounded to Mother Earth, to Tara Gaia, Sophia. the sister of Venus and you feel yourself during this potent eclipse portal where truths are coming to light where new concept and new ideas are just bursting forth ready to be birthed at a time of extreme disillusion of the past and bright new beginnings you feel the paradox and amidst all of it, you feel completely grounded and centered. And as you continue to breathe, you bring your awareness back to the place where your physical body lies or sits and you feel, you feel the support of your guides and your guardians, you feel them all around you to the right, behind your body, to the left, in front, below and above, creating a golden sphere like a beautiful egg-like space around your physical body going out, extending six feet in either direction. You feel that force field of protection. and. The genius solutions of the other world running through your energetic system and you bring your awareness to the left-hand side of your body, to the feminine side, to that negative charge and you bring your awareness you feel your ancestors the female ancestors showing up all of them all of the women in your lineage who've come before you you feel them around you surrounding you behind you in support of you trusting that the wise the wise female ancestors are directing this container and you bring your awareness as you're going back through the lineage all the way back to this ancient primal wild first woman of your lineage. You see her so strong, so mighty, so intuitive, so queen-like, so radiant. And she looks deep into your eyes and she transmits through the gaze of the eyes. She transmits light codes beyond light codes that go back through all the generations. She transmits the original wisdom that has been forgotten, that has been dormant in your lineage. And she awakens it within you through this gaze of the eyes. And you feel this awakening pulsate deep within your womb space. You feel it. Perhaps you even bring your hands to your womb space, 
regardless of gender, all beings carry this womb space and you recognize this where that orange light, that orange wheel of light circles and spins freely. And you give gratitude for these radical genius solutions that are being planted right now in the womb space. And you bow, you bow to her, you bow to all of them. And you give gratitude for the shoulders that you walk, you stand upon. And they give gratitude to you for being brave to be here in this time, this time of great transition, for being brave to pick up where the lineage was left off. And they honor you. And they say to you, we've got you. We've got your back. We've got you. And you bring your awareness now to the right side of your body, to the masculine side, to that positive charge. You bring your awareness to the male lineage. You begin to see the different people of your masculine side who have transitioned to the other world and they're showing up, they're all around you, they're surrounding you. And you trust that the wise male elders are holding this container, protecting it. And as you're holding this realization, you witness all the way back in the lineage to this ancient primal first man and you see him so instinctual, so intelligent, so primal and tuned in. He is a king, a true king. And he is as wild as Pan, as Karnanis, as Wasir as he could be. And you bow to him and he bows to you. And he looks deep into your eyes and you look into his and he transmits light codes upon light codes upon light codes. He transmits where the divine masculine has fallen asleep through so many cycles of humanity. He transmits the power, the regalness, the strength, the ability to show up and hold presence. And you're blown away by this force. It is so instinctual. It is electric and it hits you right in your solar plexus where this yellow wheel of light spins. You feel such a vitality, a resurgence like none other. And perhaps you place your hands here and perhaps you have one hand on the womb space, one on the solar plexus, feeling this mystical marriage of this divine feminine, this divine masculine coming through your ancestors and your male lineage says, we've got you. We're here for you. We're holding you. Thank you for being so courageous and being here now. And all of the ancestors 
begin to circle around you and they begin to tone and move and dance and provide so many insights through all of your senses and you just receive this refreshing wave after wave after wave after wave you receive you allow it to wash over you and as you're receiving all of these upgrades you feel that ambrosial nectar still dripping from the other world you witness your guides and guardians holding space all around this you feel the cords of connection down into the earth you feel your divine sovereign power and you revel in this you allow yourself to receive wave after wave after wave after wave after wave after wave after wave Thank you so much for sharing sacred space. My prayer is that we as the individuals within humanity awaken to the reality that we are a hologram for the collective. By being fierce in our authentic truth, we have the opportunity to elevate life on this exquisite planet Earth. I invite you to stay tuned for my upcoming episodes. Episode number four, Zenith of the Sun. And episode five, Mars and the Divine Masculine, the resurrection of the kings after trial by fire. And if you're enjoying Stars, Stones, and Stories, please spread the word about this podcast. It's brand new and this community is becoming stronger and stronger and I'm so grateful you're here and you're part of it. So please share with your friends, find two or three friends who might enjoy and hop onto iTunes and leave a review. You can go to my podcast website starsstonesandstories.com and figure out your favorite platform to listen in on. I wish you many, many blessings, much love and protection during these wild times. Stay grounded and crystallize your medicine.